0: What's going on guys, it's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you.
1: As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history, Oh, oh, great crossover. Got him. That's Fournier.
0: <laughs> hey, that's called getting put on skates.
1: Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win.
0: The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson.
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 57 of the DC Crossover. Glad to have you with us, whether you are listening to us via iTunes, via Google Play, or our, our newest edition, we talked about it before, we are on The Contender. You might be streaming us live right now at like 2 a.m. or wherever they Bright, play late us. night. <laughs> you never know. Uh, well, they play us throughout the day on the DC Days, thecontender.com, an app to come, um, and you may have heard our clips on there as well. So whichever way you listen, we appreciate it. That is Mike Soroni and Ben Simpson. Michael, right off the bat. Hello. I, want to tell you a little, I want to tell you a little story. So last night, I saw that DC United was going to be playing right. their first game of the season. So I got excited, because um, every now and then, I like to check out on DC United. I don't watch a lot of Premier League or Europa or whatever the heck <laughs> of those other leagues are, but I'll, I'll tune in DC United every now and then. Um, so I go, and I go to ESPN Plus first, because I'm like, all right, the game MLS streams on ESPN Plus. So I go to ESPN Plus. And I try to go watch the game. It says blacked out. So okay, where where else can I watch it? So I go to the the uh, DC United Twitter, see what they post, and they said you can watch it on NBC Sports Washington Plus. So I go, okay, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so then I I go to my NBC Sports Washington app. Yeah, the app. Yeah. And and that and that doesn't exist. The uh, the the plus whatever the plus <laughs> is doesn't exist on there. So I can't watch it there. I ended up having to. Download some VPN thing to say that I was living in Azerbaijan or something <laughs> like that, and not here locally, just so I d- could get around the blackout and-, and actually watch the DC United game, which I ended up turning off about ten minutes later because I was like, I, I don't I don't want to do this anymore. But the the this whole blackout issue, especially for a sport like the MLS in the US, where you they're desperately yeah. trying to build a fan base and desperately trying to grow what they're trying to do, and they're Having blackouts for local you know, local viewership, you have to watch it on TV or whatever like that. It's just crazy to me yeah. that any of these sports do that, but especially a sport like MLS. They should be begging you to watch it in any particular way. I mean, whatever way you want to watch them, they should make it available to you because, as you know, MLS in the U.S. kind of stinks. Yep. I mean, nobody's really watching those games. So, I mean, they got the fancy new stadium and things like that. You might as well make it available to people because they, in the past they've worked with weird app companies. I remember a couple of them that I got subscriptions to, and that always stunk. It would always buffer and all that stuff. But, man, was I frustrated last night when I saw that I had to VPN and say I was in Austria just <laughs> to watch the, my soccer team that's 20 miles down the road. Right. I mean, that's insane. Well, that's, Is that not insane.
0: Th- that's something that really irritated me back in the day when I was in college, because I'm a huge Virginia tech fan. And when tech uh, would be playing football or whatever it may be, whatever sport it was or whatever you wanted to watch it, it said, Oh, you're blacked out. I'm like, I live like two minutes from the, the place. Like, right. it's, it's, if I wanted to watch it on the couch, why does that matter? I hate it when it has blackouts because the sole fact that y- you literally just want to watch the game. And they're like, no, it's, it's blacked out in your area. It's like, but I, I'm the fan, <laughs> like, right? Right. Exactly. Someone in Austria is not going to be watching this game, so why does I why do I have to say a VPN from there? I don't. Well, get that's it.
1: the stupid thing. That's the stupid thing is look, like I understand the reason behind blackouts is because they want yeah. you to so to watch the games on TV. It's the same thing that people deal with the Nats, where unless you ha- you have to have a cable subscription to watch the Nats mm-hmm. because there's no we way you about can that. watch them any other way. And I just think in 2021, as these sports are trying to attract these younger audiences. You have to make it available to people through a variety of ways because you think this younger fan generation coming up is going to buy cable subscriptions? No, they're getting YouTube TV, they're getting Hulu has life sports, you know, they're getting all these these other things. They're not gonna buy from Cox yeah. or Comcast or whatever like that, you know. So I, I just found it infuriating where you you claim that you're trying to expand, you're trying to grow the younger audience, and yet you're not really providing the avenue for that younger audience to consume your content. Yeah, and I just think that's. I just think that's. Well, that, that,
0: that's a, that's the funny thing too is that when we talked about it, like basically when I moved into this place and I said, well, I had to get the Cox subscription kind of or whatever you know deal, yeah, yeah. because I wanted to watch Nats games, and that's one of the worst things I think that we've had so far is the entire outlook on Masson. Masson right. sucks. Right. I mean, we could do
1: we could do a
0: three hour show just <laughs> complaining about mass because it's 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 stupid because literally they they have the terrible graphics that are from like you yeah. know, 2006 and yep. it's like you just literally look at the game and you're like this is just you know why am I even paying for a Cox subscription just to watch the Nats? why don't you guys you know you know because I, I don't know I don't even know how to how to explain it because the sole fact that people who don't know mass and won't know what we're talking about. And the Mid Atlantic Sports Network just is one of the most horrible networks in all of networks.
1: They are, and they're hammering money. I mean, they're having to fire a lot of guys. They had, I mean, our guy Dan Kolko was out of a job, and then the Nats had to rehire him. Um, just to work for them. It's weird. He's on Masson, but he's technically working for the Nationals. <laughs> he's not working for Masson, so it's it's a whole mess. But uh, for those who, but then again, this is a DC crossover, so you should know what Masson is, I guess, if you're listening to yeah, the so, show. Yeah. But then again, you could be a Chicago listener who listens on the Contender, so I won't. I don't. I don't want to. Uh, you know, uh, dis, uh, what, what am I? What am I trying to say? I don't want to shut them out. Uh, yeah, sure. Exactly. I don't want to shut that. that's them probably off. not the right uh, word, but whatever. <laughs> nah, it's all right. But we have a lot to get to on this episode today. Um, we have to talk about the Washington Wizards and their hot streak. We got the caps and their playoff push and a big trade. We got the Nats, another full week of games, another kind of up and down week. We got Washington football team as they approach draft day um, and then uh, some other things as well. So let's might as well get into it. Might as well. Let's get into the rewind here. And talk a little bit about what happened this previous week, Monday through, as when we were recording on this Sunday. Let's start with the Washington Wizards. Michael, lightning has struck because the Washington Wizards went undefeated this week. Which is not really something that happens too often. They were kind of winning like this, heading into the All-Star break. Bless you, my friend. We're on video now so you guys can see what we're doing. Mike and I usually record this shirtless, but now we can't do that with <laughs> being on video. That's kind of true. <laughs> um, the Wizards beat Not together, Utah. though. Not together, though. No, no, no. no, not to- <laughs> uh, The Wizards beat Utah on Monday, 125-121, and uh, snapped Utah's 24-game home uh, game home streak. Uh, and Utah's a very good team. I mean, they're a playoff yep. contender, things like that. Beal scores 34. Russ with another triple-double, 25-14-14. Wednesday. Game against Sacramento, which was a winnable game, and they did so. One twenty-three, one eleven. Westbrook gets his 170th triple-double. Oscar Robertson's record is 181. He's right there. I mean, you got to think Westbrook is definitely going to crush that record. How close I mean, is Jason already... Kidd? Do you know? I have no idea, but I just know that uh, that uh, Westbrook has like 25 already this season. Right. So you got to think that. Uh, either Maybe not necessarily the end of this season Maybe he not get there, but definitely next season He'll get there, because he's a triple-double machine right now Friday, tough game Against New Orleans, the Pelis Overtime game, 117-115 Westbrook scores 10 of the Wizards 12 points in overtime, and then Saturday ah, Alas, they beat my Detroit Pistons But helped out my Detroit Pistons draft position 121-100 Westbrook, another triple-double Beal put up 37 in this game what about the Washington Caps?
0: The Washington Caps went 2-2 two and two this week. Starting off on Tuesday, beating Philly 6-1, a blowout from the start. The Caps had six different goal scorers. When do you ever see that, Mr. Simpson? With Anthony Mantha, your former Red Wing, shining with two points, one goal, one assist in his Washington debut. Sam off with a strong night in between the pipes as well. Nine six seven save percentage, so a very good night, saving 29 of 30 shots. Thursday... They lost to Buffalo, and I guess I cursed them because I bet on them, Uh, and they lost to Buffalo 5-2, one of those dud games you see from the Caps every now and again. Uh, The Sabres avenged their previous three losses to D.C., being outscored 13-4 in those games with Anthony Mantha scoring for the second straight game. Saturday, they beat the Flyers again 6-3, yet another dominant performance against Philly as the Caps tally six more goals on over 40 shots. Ovi grabbing three points, two power play goals, and one assist, and John Carlson with four assists. Washington averaging 4.8 goals per game against Philly this season. Philly's probably not going to make the playoffs, but... We sure hope they did so we could play them because we, we are just dominating them every single night. And today, as we record this on Sunday, today they lost to the Boston Bruins 6-3 to in a marquee matchup. Uh, this is a back-to-back, so obviously they played Philly last night uh, on Saturday and they had to play Boston in a day game, which is... Pretty tough to do. They sniffed the lead pretty quickly in the second period, but then three straight Bruin goals put the game to put, uh, or not, not to put, what does that mean? Uh, uh, to bed, I guess you could say. Uh, sure. Boston, yeah, whatever, I don't know. Uh, Boston now <laughs> leads a season series 4-3 to three with one game left on May 11th. If the season ended today, these two would be matched up against one another. And our boy Anthony Mantha scores in his fourth straight
1: game. We'll be talking more about Mantha in the cap section today because we got to give him props right. and talk a little bit more about that trade. The Washington Nationals this week, four and three, a little bit over five hundred this week. Uh, Monday beating the Cardinals five two. This was Schwarber and Bell's debut, I believe. Um, Schwarber got a double. I think Bell got a hit in that game as well. Stevenson pinch hit homer, so five two win there. Tuesday got absolutely shellacked, fourteen to three. This was a game where Strasburg was left in the game for quite a while. Uh, all the fans wondering, "Is this guy hurt? What's going on?" They had the camera view with him in the tunnel, oh, and the Nats yeah. got pissed about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we know. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Now he's out in sh- with shoulder inflammation. Um, Wednesday beat the Cardinals. Joe Ross pitched well, six runs, five Ks. He is off to a great start this season. Uh, Thursday, then we started the Diamondback series. Mike had the bet. He wanted three out of four against the D-backs. That does not look to be happening as we speak. Uh, there's a, a couple runners on with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, and that's down by three. Um, but we're going to probably call that a loss. Thursday, lost to Diamondbacks 11-6. Patrick Corbin, only last two innings. Starting pitching, it's a problem. We'll talk about it. Friday, beat the Diamondbacks in a one nothing game. Kyle Schwarber, walk-off bomb, I think like 463 feet maybe, something like that. Absolute piss missile. <laughs> Saturday, beat the Diamondbacks 6-2. Uh, Jan Gomes went absolutely bonkers. He homered. He drove in multiple runs, hitting the ball all over the place. And then, as we speak right now, the Nats are down 5-2. to two. That is the Washington Nationals week. What about Washington football team, Mike, as we get closer and closer to draft day?
0: Jan Gomes having two really good games in a row because he threw two runners out today as well. Yeah, um, he did. Washington football team, Ron Rivera, has some quotes about possibilities of moving up, even in the top ten which is not really what we talked about last week from different quotes we heard. Uh, but if, if they have the prospects they've keyed in on – I can't even talk right now. If their prospects that they're looking at start to fall, then uh, they said they could possibly move up in the top ten. Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts leading the way with those two. Um, the feud brewing between Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. Uh, Snyder apparently files a motion of discovery, whatever the hell that means, against Allen that may have led to bad reporting of Snyder. Let's be honest. Who really cares?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> when the it owner is
0: is, is is the main page on your on your football teams, like ESPN page. <laughs> that, okay, let's be honest here. I mean, come on. Yeah,
1: no, I'm with you on that. I, I think it's something that. As a fan, as fans of the team, we don't care about this type of drama yeah. outside the team. This is a team that is coming off of a, a really exciting season. There's there's the future ahead of this team. We don't really care about the Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder drama like we always right. get. So He's, he doesn't ah, even work for us anymore, and <laughs> we still exactly, have drama. Exactly, with him. exactly. <laughs> so that was a him. rewind from the previous week in case you missed it. Well, let's get into the crossover. Um, where we can dive into some of these topics a little bit further. and we're, We are going to start with the boys on the court.
0: The Washington Wizards.
1: The Washington Wizards, 23-33, and 33, 11th in the Eastern Conference. They've hopped up a little bit. And I'm going to say right off the bat, Mike, it, it takes, I'll tell you this, it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong. Huh. And I am a big man. Um, and I will admit that I was wrong. There was comments made on this show a couple of weeks back where um, I referred to Daniel Gafford as a NBA 2K throw-in <laughs> that you draft at the end of the fantasy draft um, because there's nobody else left. And uh, I guess Daniel Gafford listened to this podcast, and he was upset about the things I said, and he decided to go ahead and... Just play out of his mind, really, um, since he got traded to D.C. So I owe you, Daniel, uh, an apology. Gafford has averaged 11.7 points per game and and 5.5 rebounds while shooting 60% from the field in just under 18 minutes of production. Um, The Wizards have gone 5-1 and with him since he's been available to play. Uh, he is playing with intensity. They can throw it. He's the type of guy that they've said that they can just throw the ball up to him and he's going to either dunk it or or definitely put up some scoring. And for a team that desperately has needed a big man since Thomas Bryant went down early on in the season, they've needed a guy to be able to bring that energy down in the post. And they you're not going to get it with Robin Lopez, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Daniel Gafford has been that guy for the Wizards team, Mike. And, right. and so... And I think as a fan, you got to look at it as, you know, this is could be a guy that this team could use possibly to build with in the future as well. I mean, he's not just a trade piece. So I think, uh, Daniel Gafford, I apologize. That's that's what I'll say about him. <laughs> I don't
0: remember what I said about him, but uh, I, I think I probably didn't say anything too kindly as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he can give us some type of post presence. Obviously, we've been talking about the draft and what they need to get and this and that and this and that. Uh, I, I just keep saying over and over and over again, they need to get someone down in the post to crash the boards. And that's the biggest thing that, that that I lean on each and every draft is what big man can we get? Can we stop getting three and four forwards? You know, it's like I need to have a, a, a bona fide, you know, four or five guy. Now he doesn't need to be, you know, a James Weissman or a bull bull, you know, or, or anybody like that that's going to be seven foot 10 or Sean Bradley you know, it's like like that reference. Um, but, no, I, do. Uh, I do. Yeah, thanks. Um, but uh, literally, I just need somebody, and, and like I said, it doesn't have to be in the draft. I mean, go get Andre Drummond. I mean, look at the Lakers; they have like seven centers. Like, it's yeah. like let's be honest here. And uh, of course, the one night I bet on Andre Drummond to get a double double, he gets like four points, um, <laughs> and, and they took him out and, like later in the game. Anyways, that's right. that's besides the point. My own griefs. Um, but uh, yeah, so basically, I, I'm just hoping that they can get somebody either in the draft or whether it be a free agency next year or or something uh just to, to to get the glass you know working because they just need somebody to guard the glass to help with defense and that's the problem right. that they've we've seen time and time again and hopefully gafford can can help because we have the guard play the guard play is there and we also have you know a pretty decent core of forwards that we can play and the problem is is just you know Thomas Bryant. We hope that maybe he could do something. We saw some flashes of some greatness with him. Then he gets hurt, and then they have the mop. Robin Lopez go out there, and he's <laughs> he's he's missing alley oops from two feet away. And it's just right. it's just certain things like that. So I think that you know I'll, I'll apologize to Gafford, but I don't even remember what I said. Um, but at the same time, uh, hopefully he can possibly be you know a nice tandem maybe with Bryant or something like that for the future. We'll see.
1: Yeah, Gafford under team control uh, this season, obviously next season as well, and then in 2022 um, there's a team option where they can decide if they want to keep him or not, um, and then he's unrestricted free agent starting in 2023. So you at least have a couple seasons worth of Daniel Gafford, where if Thomas Bryant comes back, uh, which he I mean he he will, but yeah. you could possibly think about having a Gafford. Now now you've got Rui as well, so you could go yep. Rui, Gafford, Thomas Bryant kind of running this uh, in the front court, I mean, kind of ro- in a rotation, obviously, maybe Gafford coming off the bench, but um, and, and that doesn't look half bad. I mean, those guys play with a lot of energy, uh, Thomas Bryant especially, Daniel Gafford especially, Rui, a little more calm presence on the floor, but obviously he can score. We've seen him do that in spurts this season. So as a Wizards fan, I think you've got to be – at least a little bit excited about the future of front court and then you can let's say you go out in the draft and you bring in another big man and the next thing you know you've got a decent crop of bigs to work with that aren't, you know, Mo Wagner and Robin Lopez and Marcin Gortat, you know, and, and those guys anymore. Um you've actually got some young talent to get excited about. That That's that's the thinking there. We're not looking that's... for, like, a Hall of Famer. We're just looking for somebody right. to, to grab rebounds. <laughs> you just want a serviceable guy that can, as you mentioned, grab the boards, um, you know, defend at the rim, which is what this team has desperately needed over the years yep. as well. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Position-wise, the Wizards, as I mentioned, currently sit in the 11th spot. Again, 10 teams make the playoffs this year. Um, they're virtually tied with Chicago, um, for that 10th spot right now, I guess. Um, I'm not sure what the tiebreakers are, but uh, it's the Wizards right there, the, the teams above them are the Bulls, the Pacers, and then you have the Hornets there in that 8th spot. Uh, I, I wanted us to just touch on briefly just as far as the path ahead for the Wizards and and, and whether or not we think that they're going to be able to pull this off if they do. I mean, you and I have already had the discussion about hey, we don't really want them to make the playoffs. Nope. I, mean, I wouldn't mind if they just lost every other game the rest of the season and got a good draft pick. But if you look at the schedule, I mean, it's kind of friendly. You've got a couple games against Cleveland. You've got some Toronto games in the mix. You've got three games against Cleveland. Uh, You've got some OKC games. I mean, these are teams that aren't that great, that um, there is a chance that you know, Golden State's in the mix too. Um, you know, Besides the Lakers and Dallas, Milwaukee – uh atlanta twice and charlotte i mean those are teams that are probably going to beat the wizards but there's mm-hmm. plenty of games there mike that the wizards could win and that's a little scary i don't want them to win yeah
0: and that's the problem too that we've been talking about is even if they get to say the eighth seed or something like that if seven eight seed maybe i mean seven's kind of a stretch but at the same time they're only five games out of uh or four and a half i should say yeah what is that I'm doing the math here yeah, i think it's four and a half games out um, of, uh, you know, it, it
1: always gets scary when you start doing that math Well, right? I'm
0: doing it kind of like upside down here Because obviously, anyways uh, I think it's like four, four and a half, I don't know um, But uh, that, that's the problem Is that we've seen flashes where they, they compete with You know, a Utah or a Denver or a, or a 76er team or whatever But then you see them go out and You know, they get blown out by the magic Or something like that And what's going on with the Raptors too? It's like they, they have injuries like every week and it's like, oh, the, oh Van Vliet's out with this this injury, and then he comes back, and then all of a sudden, you know, the very next game, Lowry's out with something else. It's like, Right. It's been a weird year for them. It's been it's, a weird, it's weird year for them, for sure. Especially not playing in Toronto all season, right, too. That, right. that hasn't helped them. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Hopefully, like we said, we don't want them to make the playoffs. We want them to have a good draft pick. But, I mean, at this point, you know, even if they do make the playoffs, I mean, at least it would be fun to watch them play five games against Philly. Um. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's – well, yeah, exactly.
1: I mean – Part of me, and we, I go back and forth to this, Mike, because obviously we get excited for playoff anything. any yeah. team, Anytime your team is in the playoffs, you're going you're gonna to get up for it. I mean, I've watched the Pistons get swept in the first round by one seeds multiple times in the last four, five, six years, and you still get excited. You still right. get jacked up because it's playoffs, and, and that's exciting. But I guess our big problem is, and the problem with this team, and we've talked about it, is they don't know the direction to go because they're either there's two real directions to go here if you're the wizards you either stick with Wall and Beal and 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 bring in spend the money and bring in a bunch of pieces for them mortgage the future and focus on the now and the win now because that's how you do it in the NBA you got to bring in more stars to play with those two guys and try to win or You talk about the rebuild. You trade away some of these guys. You bring in picks. You bring in assets, and you start over. The Wizards are trying to do both, and that's not going to work. That never works. So you have to decide what's going on. Right now, the Wizards are trying to do both. That's why they're in that kind of middle ground between playoffs and not making the playoffs. That's why the team is sometimes good and other times not good. So they just have to figure out a little bit of identity of what type of team are we trying to be. Some sort of direction would be nice. I mean, you can't you know?
0: sit there and tread water the entire time saying, oh, well, we want to be competitive, but we're also rebuilding the team. Like You can't, right. you <laughs> right. can't do that. It doesn't make any doesn't sense. Make sense. Yeah.
1: It doesn't make any sense, and, it, and it's frustrating as a fan. So we'll see 16 games to go there. Let's move on to the other team that actually plays in the same arena. and We, we didn't talk about them last week, but we're going to give them some credit here. The Washington Capitals. Yeah, so the Washington Capitals, Mike. Uh, Twenty what? Twenty nine, twelve, and four, I believe. Sixty two points yep. on the season. First and, in the East. They had a big trade this week, Mike, and uh, I want to I want to hear what what your thoughts were initially when you first found out about this trade.
0: So when I first found out about it, I was like, "Hmm, this is kind of this kind of odd." Uh, I didn't really get, um, you know, because I obviously don't I don't know who Mantha is. I don't watch Red Wings games like you you do. Um,
1: wow wow you don't watch the one of the worst teams in the <laughs> nhl play
0: <laughs> i that's the thing i just i just don't i don't watch a lot of teams that aren't the caps i mean i'll watch if the pens and bruins are on like for a primetime game but yeah i'll watch it because i have invested interest in certain teams like that um but when it comes down to it, i didn't really know who mantha was i was i was driving when i found out and uh once i parked i didn't i didn't look it up when i was driving uh, sure that's good know, that's just good making sure uh that you know that so when I looked it up. I was like, hmm, okay. And then me and you and Dan, uh, our other buddy, were talking about it. And uh, then you started saying some things. That's why I started looking up. And I started asking you a couple questions about him. And uh, obviously, you know who who Verona is. Uh, right. But the one thing that I was too worried about uh, when the tr- trade first happened was the pick.
1: I don't like giving away picks. Two picks. Two picks. Right. Twenty twenty one first round and twenty twenty two second round. Jacob Verona and Richard Panic. Now in case you guys don't know what the trade was, it was Verona Panic couple picks for Anthony Mantha from Detroit.
0: Yeah, so that's the thing is the second round, I don't really think the second round's 2-2, too, too, you know, you know, they're probably not going to be a first or second liner, so you're not too worried about that. At least I mean I'm not an any a- NHL draft expert, so sure. you know, I don't yeah. I looked at, you know, the NFL drafts and, you know, certain things like that. Um, you know, that are more glaring, um, and also NBA drafts, stuff like that, because that's easier
1: to, f- to figure out. But Yeah, because well, with NHL, you're getting guys from all over, yeah, exactly, all over the world. Saying, yeah. I mean, you're getting guys that are playing in Swedish leagues, you're getting guys that are playing in Russian leagues, you're getting college hockey guys, you're getting high school hockey guys, probably. I mean, you're getting guys from all over the place. It is the one sport that it is, as a, if you're a casual fan, you are, I'd say hockey and baseball are the two sports where you may have no idea what your <laughs> draft picks are, because in baseball, there's guys coming from community colleges, and it's like, who's watching like community college? college yeah. baseball northern virginia know? community college baseball i mean what strasburg was like san diego state i think yeah it's like are you really watching san diego state baseball games on the reg yeah. you know like you're never going to know these guys exactly and that's the only thing is when it said first round
0: pick second round okay whatever but first round pick it's like we talked about this last week i think briefly about their age and they need to get younger and yes mantha's 26 years old but is 24 so you're looking at it, you're like mm-hmm. okay you're adding two years to this guy um, but then you look at it as well, and I was I was just a little worried about the, the first round pick. But I, they did it for a good reason, though, because the sole fact that they traded basically I, I saw this, this this breakdown. I forgot who who broke it down. I looked at it on Twitter, and they broke it down like this: how it was basically Vrana and the pick for Mantha, and then they said Panik and the pick. Uh, was basically to get rid of his contract. Cause it was a terrible right. contract. So they because they wouldn't
1: pick. have taken on panic without the or panic yeah. without that pick.
0: Yeah, and then and then yeah. the sole fact that they actually saved six hundred sixty thousand uh, dollars for um, is that. That what I was? I think I was right. I think I was right. The number uh, six hundred sixty thousand uh, dollars to basically. Uh, um, has resign OV and, and some other guys in the future um, and actually have some more cap space, which is good. once I saw that breakdown, I was a little bit more at ease and now that I'm sure. seeing Mantha go out there and have the cohesiveness that he i mean he's just I think he's just playing like backyard hockey right now. I right. Mean, I mean, he's out there having some fun with a team that's in first place, rather than the team that's in last place, right. and that was the biggest thing. But I think the whole entire thing that me, you, and Dan were talking about in our text thread was they tried to get rid of Vrana because he, he was kind of bringing like this, like this um, negative energy, I guess you want to say, if you want to be that type of person, uh, to the team because him and Laviolette do not get along. They don't like each other, and that's the thing. Vrano had two healthy scratches, and when you have two healthy scratches. That, that's showing you something that that's, something's happening especially with a guy right. as talented as jacob rana so i mean i was a little worried about it but i think now seeing you know four games being played out he's scored in every single one of them that's obviously not going to continue for the entire season but the main thing i mean it would be nice if it did but uh the main thing is now that's kind of it's kind of evened out a little bit I'm, I'm more at ease with giving up that first round pick so we'll see
1: yeah, Anthony Mantha, as you mentioned, twenty-six year old, uh twenty thirteen first round draft pick of the wings. He had ninety-five goals and ninety-five ass- or ninety-nine assists. Um, in 302 career games. He had just signed a four-year deal with the Wings back in November, so he's going to be under contract through 2023-2024 at a cap hit of about $5.7 million. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a trade that benefited both teams. I mean, the Wings and Steve Eisenman is looking to rebuild the Red Wings. Uh, they've, there's been rumors swirling about, okay, guys like Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi and Anthony Mantha. obviously. These were guys that, all right, can we move these contracts to – to bring in more picks and try to build help with this rebuild a bit. Anthony Manta just happened to be the guy. And with some of these guys, as you you and I know, in any sort of sport, sometimes just a change in scenery helps. I mean, playing for a team that misses the postseason for five straight years, um, uh, this will be the fifth straight that the Wings have not made the playoffs. Um, it, can, it can grind on a guy, especially if you're a young talent and you're a guy who – um, you know, you you just—it stinks. It's not fun to to not make the playoffs. So now, for Anthony Mantha, you get a little re-energized. You right. go to the right. Washington Capitals. This is a storied franchise now at this point, with some of the best hockey players in the world, like Alexander Ovechkin, and and now now you're seeing kind of the benefit of that. And then for a guy like Verana, you get to start over. You get a place where the pressure's off. A little bit. I mean, he scored in, in, one, in one of his early games with the Wings as well, um, and he's you know a quick guy. He, he, you know, he was he was part of that 2018 Stanley Cup run as well, um, and uh, he's on a, on the second year of a two year bridge deal that pays him 3.35 million dollars annually. So, um, and then Panic was kind of just what in the mix that they're probably going to get rid of him anyway. Yeah, he,
0: he was he basically for I think it was Sprong and uh, and Sheary actually took over his spot. So basically, he was yeah. he was basically not even playing.
1: Yeah, so, you know, that, that part doesn't matter. It's really more, like you said, the focus needs to be on Verana, Mantha, and then the pick. And yeah. those are kind of the three main components of this trade. And I think it benefits both teams. I think the Caps are going to like him. I, I told you over text that mantha he's a big body. Uh, you know, he's a physical player, but he can score. He's got a wicked shot, um, right. and we've seen it early on. Uh, and so he's a guy he'll get in the mix. He'll get some deflections and things like that because he's just such a big bruiser, um, but he's got some skill as well. He was, he was one of those guys that, besides Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, Mantha was always in the mix with Red Wings fans as far as this is the future of our franchise. Um, and so this was a big deal though, Mike, right. because people, people love Verana. I mean, I know a lot of Caps fans that were pretty upset when they initially found out about the deal. Um, now I think they're all fine because right. they're seeing Anthony Mantha score every game, but <laughs> I think initially, because you, you hate to lose some of those 2018 Stanley Cup guys. Yep. Everyone's got fond memories of, of guys like Verana. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing about Verona
0: is you gotta look at it as like a positive for both teams. I think I think even you said it in our text uh, that, and I like how we always reference our text because we talk like literally constantly every right. single day. <laughs> but uh, that's the funny thing is that when you're looking at both these teams, it's kind of a positive for both because Verona, like you said. He's 24. Gets a new start. He can be one of those glue guys, one of the top three guys with Larkin and Bertuzzi as the, one of those top three guys on the team for the rebuild. Because now he's 24, he can be uh, he can be there for the next 10 years. You never know. Right. And uh, that's the biggest thing is his game didn't match up with Laviolette's game. Because LaVillette wants more uh, defense, wants more, uh, you know, you know, grinding pretty much the entire uh, game, and Mantha at 6'5", you know, is going to do that. Vrana, who is, I don't even know what his height was, but. You know, I don't. I don't know his his, uh, his basically his his, his his height and weight. Um, I don't. I don't keep track of those things. Um, but uh, basically, he was the guy that was out there mainly for offense and was trying. He, not saying he avoided contact, but he was a speed guy, like you mentioned. And that's the biggest thing that Laviolette said. Hey, I need more defense out of you, and if he wasn't given it, that. So you know, if you kind of, I guess you could say, you equal out the scoring opportunities with Verana and Mantha. Then you know it, it kind of equals out. You're basically just given a pick to kind of give more cohesiveness in the locker room and have somebody that possibly fits lobulet system a little bit better, which is better for the future. So,
1: so the cap's only you know short stretch here, 10 games to go. Um, again, still the top of the mass mutual east should be a nice run for them. They're going to have a big week that we're, we'll talk about later in the forecast. We'll tell you the actually only a couple of games this week, surprisingly, um, for the cap. So we will talk about those later on. But, yeah, big trade for the Caps. Um, we definitely want to touch on that uh, for sure. So, uh, let's move on to a little bit of baseball talk. The Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals, 5-8 and eight overall, last place in the NL East. I've got my little, or I think, yeah, they have fifth in the NL East, I should have put there. So, I actually have my little standings board up above me where I've got a little magnetic standings board right above my desk. Did that you I order that or day. where'd you get that? Got it off Amazon, got it off Amazon. Solid. Um, and uh, I love it. I love it. Cause I'll be working at work and I'll just gaze up there and just see, oh yeah, that's I change it every morning and things like that based around in, in the, in the beginning of, <laughs> and in the beginning of the season teams are moving all over the place. So you're like, I'm moving the magnets <laughs> all all the time. But I see the, the Washington nationals magnet down there in the five spot uh, for the NLE. So mm-hmm. that's great. Um, you know, I, I there was some burning questions We went over last week We didn't get to all of them But actually, I just wanted to Just cover a couple things, Mike um, And and that is, you know Where this team currently stands right now um, And kind of our, our feelings on that right now Because you, you have the Nats Just split the series to the Diamondbacks They did, the final ended up being 5-2 to two. Um, You've got a, a pitching situation That I would classify as worrying Because um, yeah. c- I think you look at the starters, and you start to get a little bit like, hey, aren't we supposed to have some pretty good pitching? Where did that go? Um, you know, Eric Fetty, 5.56 ERA. We have talked about him. Um, you've got uh, Patrick Corbin with a 21.32 ERA. That's a fun one. Um, you know, Steven Strasburg, 6.30 ERA. I mean, these are now the two guys that have been good is Max Scherzer rebounded from his First, start where he gave up a bunch of bombs. He wasn't great, but the last two starts have been solid. And then you've got Joe Ross, who in two games hasn't given up a run uh, in 11 innings. So I guess right off the bat, what are your thoughts on the starting pitching side of things, Mike? Because that was, like I said, that was supposed to be a strength of this team. Is all right, well, we may not have all the bats, but guess what? We're going to be our pitchers are going to keep us close in the game because we got Strasburg and we've got um you know Patrick Corbin and we've got these big arms that are going to keep the games close. That's not happening yeah. <laughs> and it's worrying right now. Yeah, I think that basically
0: um with the And I'm not going to keep using the excuse of, oh, yeah, they're, they're just getting back into form because, you know, they had the whole entire Mets uh, saga in the beginning of the season. I'm not going to keep using that excuse. I think it maybe plays just a tad bit into it, but not that much anymore because, yeah, Scherzer's pitching well, and, uh, and he's doing, uh, you know, all he can. And obviously Strasburg with uh, the bat out in the other day, and then obviously the whole entire camera situation with them saying, oh, yeah, well... You know, he shouldn't be being filmed in the tunnel. There's not supposed to be a camera there and all that kind of stuff. And then Patrick Corbin, obviously, uh, you know, basically just pitching T-ball out there. Um, and uh, he's he's not doing well whatsoever. Um, I just don't understand, you know, what the real big issue is. Now, the season's long, so I'm not going right. to cut it out just yet because sure. you know, they're 5-8. and eight. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that are terrible right now. I mean, look at the Yankees. Yankees, you yeah, know, I, I've, I mean, and what's, what's up with the Yankees? Like every single time I see them play, they're playing the Rays. Like I don't understand. Yeah, they got
1: a lot of games against the Rays, and the Rays is the team that's always been the Yankees' kryptonite. No matter how good the Yankees are or how bad the Rays are, the Rays always find a way to beat the
0: Yankees. Right, and I'm, I'm, looking at the standings right now. I mean, the Yankees are five and ten. They're supposed to be one of those teams. I think the over under on their win total was like ninety four. So I mean, mm-hmm. if they have ninety four, they're five and ten. I, people aren't going to be panicking for that. Um, but I mean, you look at other teams that are that, that are struggling just just a little bit. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, the Rangers, I mean, they they they, they suck. Um, the Astros are seven and seven, and they're they're above average still. Um, you know, I, I think I'm just looking at this right now because I wasn't really expecting to look at it. Uh, But actually, it's kind of interesting. But, <laughs> yeah, like, you look look at the Padres. I mean, they lost Tatis and whatnot, so they're 9-7. But just overall, overall, th- this, is the, right. this is the thing that I'm looking at. Like, I'm not trying to panic, but where it comes from with the pitching, I don't know what's really going on. There's really no excuse because I'm kind of dumbfounded of how to even talk about it. Because, you know, Scherzer's pitching well, which me and you, or at least I uh, personally, I'll, I'll say that, I thought he was going to struggle this year and kind of regress just a little bit, maybe have an ERA in the, the low to mid threes, but now he's pitching really well so far. We saw him the other day go out there and pitch lights out, but I don't know. Corbin, I don't know what, what's up with him. I mean, me and you uh, once in a while on Instagram will uh, see these things like, build your team with $15, and they have all these players, and I had Corbin as one of the guys I picked. and Yeah. Uh, not a good pick yeah. now, apparently, but uh, yeah, I don't no. know. There's not really an ex- explanation, I don't think. I mean, look at the Braves. The Braves were supposed to be one of the – th- I think you picked the Braves to win the division.
1: If I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I, I still think, like you said, it's early. A lot of shifting can happen, but right. um, what you try to look at early on, and and obviously a lot of people say you can't really judge an MLB season until you've got like 50 games in, um, and then you can start making some opinions. Which funny for the Nats when they were when they what had was 21 and 39 or whatever they were, yeah, whatever Nin- they were 19 and 31, I think 19 31. Like, I right. knew they were, knew some of the numbers, but um, <laughs> yeah, that didn't even add up to 50 what I said. but um. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, obviously, like, trend, trends and things like that can change. But I just think, you know, Patrick Corbin's supposed to be, I'd say, your number three guy. Because, obviously, right. you have Strasburg and Scherzer. And then Corbin is supposed to be the guy that you, you throw out there every third day. And you, you feel good. Because it's like, all right, you give the team a little bit of a different look. You've got uh, Corbin, the lefty. He's got that killer wipeout slider. Yep. Um, and he's going to give us a good start. And teams are hitting 3.87 against him right now. Yep. He's only lasted six and a third. In two starts, that's it. The guy hasn't even gotten to nine innings. Um, Eric Fetty, who had a nice bounce back, I guess, but in three starts, I mean, he's still giving up. Teams are hitting 289 against him. He's his ERA is still 5.56. I'm not here to crown Eric Fetty as, uh, you know, our, our big lights out guy. We're still waiting on John Lester to come back. I just think that pitching wise. This is typically one of the team's strengths, so it kind of stinks to see that not happening. Because on the bat side of things, I mean, Trey Turner and Juan Soto are doing their thing. I mean, Turner Mm -hmm. batting 308, Soto batting 304. Uh, Turner had a couple bombs today, uh, which was fun. I mean, you've got a guy like Starling Castro playing well. Um, Jan Gomes, as you mentioned, hitting out of his mind. Uh, Josh Harrison has been playing. So the bats... Yeah, there's been some some games where the Nats have had the bats going and the pitching just loses them the game. I think right. we've seen that a couple times. Like I think in that um in the Diamondbacks game or in the Cardinals game, yeah, I mean you lose 14 to 3, okay, that's that's one thing, but I think in some of the other uh Diamondbacks games, I guess the first one, the 11 to 6. If Corbin had just kept that game close, 6 runs is enough for the Nats to get a win. And and the fact that they gave up 11 and a lot of them coming from Corbin it just loses you ball games. Well, it was 4-4 four four uh, at the end of the first, too. So they, they, right, they fall right. back. Right. No, no, you're exactly right. Yeah, I'm remembering that now. Because, yeah, Corbin gave up all those runs. And the next thing you know, Nats are like, all right, we're starting over. And then Corbin gave up a bunch more <laughs> runs. So I, I just think it's one of those things where obviously this team has plenty of time to figure it out. We're only going to talk about trends and and stats based around the games that have been played at this point. We we had the little clip last week of us talking about us being a little worried about the team, Um, and I'm still worried. I'm going to be worried about this team the whole season. I'm never going to be like, we're good. Unless we're in first place and we're cruising, I'm going to be worried because guess what, Mike? The team won the World Series in 2019. Uh, I'm not going to say fluke because they earned it, but they started off pretty terrible. They turned around in a season that almost teams almost never are able to do. Then they come in the COVID year. I know it was a COVID year. It was a weird year, but they kind of didn't play well. And now this year they're kind of not playing that well. And so I don't think you can say that the Nats are one of the elite teams in the league right now because they don't have that great of a track record. Yeah. They won the world series a couple of years ago, which was awesome, but Mike, it took a lot to get there and I don't think they have those same horses anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing is I'm looking at the schedule right now and you know, we don't want to panic right now, which I don't think we yeah. are. But I'm a, always panicking at though. the same I'm time. I think it's going to be a, a season long sweat for both of us. Um, and you know, you're looking at the schedule. They play St. Louis. St. Louis is kind of like a you know a make or break team. Either they go out there and they score 15 runs, or they go out there and they lay a dud. Um, right. And then then you see New York. You know, we'll see what happens uh, when we when we play New York. We're not actually we're not going to see Degrom, which is nice in that next series. Um, yeah. But uh, then, they, then we play Toronto, and Toronto's been pretty, pretty solid all year. Yeah, Toronto's so far. a good team. Yeah. And Miami has, you know, Miami's been kind of they're kind of like the same thing as St. Louis right now. It's either feast or famine right now. And then yep. Atlanta, we always have tough battles with them. Then we play the Yankees. I'm so sure the Yankees are going to be pissed off that they're sucking so much right now. And I mean, then we play Philly. I mean, it, it, I, I'm not panicking, but the schedule is is is
1: kind of uh kind of tough. I mean, we're <laughs> regular season baseball, man. This division is not as bad as it's been yep. in the years before and the Nats uh I mean, maybe 2019 the division was bad enough that the Nats could turn it around and 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 make the playoffs and go on their magical run. I don't know if if this year's teams, if the Nats started off 19 and 31, I don't know if they'd be able to turn it around right. again, Mike. I don't know if they've got the guys going, but hey, it's, it's, what, 13 games into the season? Something like that? We're yep. not hitting the panic button. But, Mike, I'm telling you this. I am going to get a panic button alarm on my iPad for the sound effects. Yeah. And when I feel like it is time to press the panic button, I'm going to literally press the panic okay. button. Okay. <laughs> I don't have okay? a panic button, so... Um... That's all right. You can live vicariously through my panic button. Uh, and we can just panic together yeah. when I press that button. But I'll, I'll get it first. It's way too early. Maybe... Uh, Around the All Star break, we'll kind of see where this team's at. If they're still sucking, uh, if Eric Fetty's still got an ERA, um, you know, twenty seven or something like that. At that point, Eric, then... if Eric Fetty's still in the lineup, okay, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, here. that's true. That's <laughs> true. Um, so we'll see. We're, we're, Mike and I don't make fun of us. We're not pressing the panic button after thirteen baseball games, but. This is kind of our nature. We gotta criticize because that's what we're here to do. Right? We're fans. And, we're fans. And, and
0: weren't all the Mets fans like? And I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the Mets fans. Weren't all yeah, the Mets fans out. like basically you know going crazy and all this kind of stuff after like two games and they're six and four leading the division? So it's yeah. Like, I, know.
1: I mean, they're they're a good team and they got some really good starting pitching. Marcus Stroman has been fantastic for them. Obviously, Degrom pitches out of his mind. Um, you know, they're, they're and obviously the Lindor trade. Or you know, they they're a good. Really good solid baseball team. Yeah. I mean, they're good. The Phillies are a solid team, too, Mike. I mean, they're putting up wins. Uh, I mean, after their hot start, it helped that they went like 6 and 0 to start the season or whatever it was. Right. And then the Marlins and, and the Marlins are good, too. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see well, what this, happens this, here.
0: This Met this Met series is not going to be too pretty with the with the pitching for us because we have Fetty and Joe Ross, and we you know we love Joe Ross, but if love Joe, Joe Ross. If Joe Ross, you know, has a dud, then we have Eric Fetty and Joe Ross for two of those three games. Yeah, and and there's a there's an empty spot uh, on the Saturday game because there's no Strasburg. So who are we going to put there?
1: I mean, who did the Nats the guy that the Nats pitch today? Paolo Espino. Pitched today in the spot start for the Nats in Scherzer spot or in Strasbourg spot, and I will say the guy didn't pitch that bad. He pitched four and a third, gave up five hits, two runs. Um, they were both solo bombs. Struck out three, walked one. Um, you know, I, I had never heard of the guy. He's 34, um, <laughs> thirty-four years old. Thirty-four years old. Yep. Uh, a a two thousand six draft pick. Uh, so <laughs> I was, I was what fourteen years old, something like that um, at the time. So. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I was a the freshman in high out. school. <laughs> there you go. The Nats have to figure out some sort of situation with the pitching because if John Lester's not going to be ready yet, um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. They got to. I mean, and, and now Strasburg's out. As we mentioned, I think, earlier, the inflammation in the shoulder. He's on the DL or IL now, uh, they call it. But um, so we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. But the Nats. They did split the series against Arizona, which hurts Mike's picks. Mike's had three out of four. Man. Uh, The money line later on. Yeah. Uh, Not so good. We'll we'll, we'll get to it later. (laughs) We'll get into it later here. Let's uh, forecast the upcoming week, Mike. So, the Washington Wizards, your your win four game win streak. Wizards, they'll put that win streak up on the line against OKC on Monday. Uh, they'll play the Warriors on Wednesday. Those are both home games, and then they'll travel on the road to OKC on Friday, and then they'll come back home and play this uh, play the Cavs on Sunday. So another chance to go four and zero this week. Mike, your thoughts on those four games? I mean, uh, what do you think? A split. Uh, uh what are you what are you looking at there? I mean, the, the,
0: the thing is is the Warriors game I think is going to be fun to watch because Steph yeah. Curry is just on fire right now. I think he I didn't see what record he was getting close to or he broke or what it was, but I know he's scored like over 32 in like 7 straight games. Yeah, and something he, crazy. He's just going nuts and that's the thing is I'm hoping they don't let one of these OKC games go because OKC is not good whatsoever and the Cavs aren't good as well. Um, the Cavs have scoring but they're just as bad on defense as us and that's the thing is you know you look at it and hopefully I'm um, I'm seeing this as possibly being a three in one week um, depending on how the Warriors game goes uh, but at the same time you know I'm not going to put it past the Wizards to somehow go one and three.
1: Yeah, I, I think the streak is going to die pretty quick, a, a die a very sad death. Um, <laughs> so, Mike, the Caps, two road games this week, yep. it looks like, Thursday and Saturday.
0: Yeah, those are going to be uh, pretty tough, I mean, in New York. But the good thing is, after this back-to-back, they actually have three days off, which is nice, so they can, you know, get some rest. I think tomorrow will probably just like a meeting a day or something like that, or a day off, um, and then they'll probably go back to the ice on uh, on Tuesday and try to get a couple practices in before they head to New York for Thursday and Saturday. Um, you know, going with Barry Trotz is always, uh, is always a tough matchup. We obviously know how he coached here in D.C., and then obviously that weird breakup that they had. Um, but, I mean, just playing against the Isles, they always play tough. They're always a good defensive team, uh, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, hopefully in these next few games that we have, uh, like you mentioned earlier, only 10 games left, hopefully – you know they can start getting healthy, and we can get that cohesiveness going with Mantha, and uh, we'll kind of see. I think over the next three or four games how uh, Mantha's contribution is uh, is still going, because obviously four games and four and uh, or four goals and four games, I should say. I think that's going to be uh, something to see. That's going to be a, a story to watch out for. Because We know that they're probably going to make the playoffs no matter what, um, unless they go and just fall off a cliff. Uh, right. But at the same time, right now if the season ended we would be playing the Bruins and you know any of these four teams in the East, which whether, it, whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's Boston, whether it's the Isles, I mean, it's going to be a crazy playoff series. It is
1: going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a slugfest in any of those series, which is going to make for a fun postseason. Right. And look for our coverage of some of those postseason games. Mike and I will try to figure out if we can do some some postgame, pregame, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll figure um, it out. Best way, yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out. The best way to keep in touch with us is following us on Twitter at the DC Crossover or at Cerrone16 for Mike. Um, and on Instagram, we're starting to build up the Instagram a bit. Just give us a follow there. The content will be coming as we do more and more of this video, if you're watching was on YouTube. Um, We'll be promoting this as well. Uh, And then the Nats uh, this week, three games at home against St. Louis, and then they head back on the road here to Arizona and play the same D-backs that we just saw them play four games against um, on the road there, and they do have a day off on Thursday. So three games at home, three games away this week. Let's hit the music. It is time for the final lap. 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Jake Paul, Mike's favorite YouTuber, gets <laughs> KO'd. Or actually, no, he caused the yeah. KO. Sorry, he gets the KO against Ben Askren last night. Mike, did you have a chance to check it out? I didn't. I, well, I did check out
0: the highlight. The highlight of literally the final lap was the highlight. A minute and a half or whatever it was. And, <laughs> was it was. and yeah. Uh, yeah, he got the technical knockout on Ben Askren. But I'm not going to give him props whatsoever because he's only had like three fights, and he keeps getting favored in fights because he's fighting people that aren't boxers. I mean, fight a boxer.
1: Right. Okay, okay, he picks his opponents well. A high school basket I don't know if you've seen this video, a high school basketball ref gets body slammed by a spectator and punched by a player. If you haven't seen this video, I think it's happened in Indian, Indiana, I think. It is insane. <laughs> Mike, have you ever been close to body slamming a referee?
0: I have not been close to body slamming a referee, but my dad has a funny story about him doing uh, the, the clock for one of my basketball games back in the day
1: when I was a middle school kid. Okay, we'll get to that story though. We only have ninety <laughs> seconds. Fifteen of Europe's biggest soccer clubs agree to form a Super League. Wow,
0: fifteen of you! I didn't even hear about that. That's that's, ah, uh, that's I interesting. You. That would be nice, but you. like you said, there's so many leagues right now. I'm a Real, a Real Madrid fan, and literally they they're in the Copa del Rey,
1: they're in the La Liga, they're in the Champions.
0: League. It's like I don't, I, I lose track just like you right. do.
1: Right, right. Uh, Bartolo Colon and Addison Russell signed with a Mexican League baseball team. Does that excite you, Mike? A little Bartolo action? Addison Russell, that's a, that's a throwback for the Cubs. That's, that's a name you haven't heard in a while. Bartolo Colon, yeah. I thought he was like 80. Um, yeah, he's still, he's still kicking, I guess, in the Mexican <laughs> Baseball League. He is uh, an inspiration to all big guys everywhere, that, I right, would say. Right, right. Um, and uh, last but not least, the, uh, uh, the reoccurring segment. Would Mike go a year without fast food and alcohol on today's episode? Would Mike go a year without fast food and now call four Washington football team season tickets
0: for season tickets? Now, are there free season tickets?
1: Free? Oh I, no, I'm not gonna make you like every, go a every year, year without year. it. Like every year, I'm. This is just gonna be for this next season. Oh. So, uh, so this upcoming season, Mike they are free tickets they're good seats i'm not going to say like they're box seats but they're, like they're good they're good solid 50 yard line seats um, not all inclusive but solid you've got you got your paths to the snack bar and things like that all planned out and they're f- completely free including parking parking's free oh, wow. your, seat, your your tickets are free all you have to do is go 365 days without fast food or alcohol would
0: you do it this year no mainly because uh, i would rather them have a brand new stadium and I would like them to be more established. Uh, the problem is that you know the team is still rebuilding. You know they had a pretty decent year this past year, uh, but FedEx Field is a dump, and uh, okay. it's been a dump for you know over a decade. So uh, no, no I'll, I'll pass on that. I'll stick with my uh, Taco Bell and uh, rum and cokes.
1: Ah, another one
0: bites uh, the dust with a, with a no.
1: <laughs> I will keep trying until I find out. Would Mike go a year without fast food or alcohol? Uh, we'll play again next week. Finishing off the show here, as we do, the money line, ching, um, three and three record for me, three and three record for Mike. Uh, Mike, you had a bad zero and two week this oh. past week. Now you got kind of screwed over Damn. because there was a postponement, um, so your your Mets game pick. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, did that upset you? Mike? It
0: it did a little bit because I was thinking that that might be. I was going to tune into the game. I don't know how, but I would have tuned into right. it somehow. I'm going to find a way. That VPN in yeah. uh, Austria. <laughs> exactly. I would probably use the same one. And uh, yeah, I just I was I thought that was a really good pick. And then I was kind of scrambling. I told you I was and through text I said, hey man, it got postponed. I'm going to have to do another upset pick. And uh, I totally forgot because I was doing on DraftKings Sportsbook. I was doing all my bets there, and I forgot to text you about what I was going to do. And I took the uh, Reds today over the Indians uh, because I did put money on that game. Lost it. uh, So that was an 0-2, and obviously, as you mentioned earlier in the show, I had three out of four against the D-backs, and that didn't happen either. Uh, So yeah, 0-2, so uh, you caught me. You caught me.
1: Yes, and I was able to go. I just narrowly missed going 2-0. The Pistons... Had that game against the Clippers. They were right. up by six with like a minute and a half to go. They blew the lead, and then they had a tie game with an inbounds on the side with like seven seconds left. They threw away the inbounds, and Clippers got the ball back. Reggie Jackson comes down the court, hits the jumper against his former team. Boom. Clippers beat the Pistons. That was my upset pick. Didn't happen. That That's right. okay. It's a new week. Uh, my picks of the week. I'll, here's my lock. My lock. So the Detroit Tigers are coming off of probably a four-game losing streak uh, because of my guess is they're going to lose to Oakland like they've lost the other three games. Um, now, they did sweep Houston the week before. This team's topsy-turvy. I'm going to say the Tigers. They play a bad team in Pittsburgh. They're going to take two of three versus the Pirates. Lock it in. My upset. The Red Wings, another topsy-turvy team like all the teams <laughs> I root for. They'll come out every now and then, and they'll beat a good hockey team. Especially, they're playing a little. They're playing pretty well right now. They got Dallas on Tuesday. I'm going to say Wings over Stars on Tuesday for my upset.
0: Yeah, the Central Division. Uh, the Stars are, you know, one of the teams up there that are trying to fight for the playoffs and. You know, I was actually thinking about taking that game, but then I saw your pick, and I was like, oh, well, I'm not going right. to take the same pick. Uh, but I was actually thinking about doing that because it could be kind of a trap game for the Stars. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. And also the Pirates, you know, I've bet against the Pirates four times, or I said I went like this, and I said four. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I literally did four times against the Pirates, and I've lost every single game. And <laughs> the Pirates literally just go out there and score 12 runs when I bet against them on the money line. But anyways, my lock. This week is Sho Shohei Shohei is it, which, how do you pronounce Shohei Shohei. Shohei. Shohei Otani's uh, start his second start of the year he's gonna get five K's. And he's going to record a hit on Tuesday against the Texas Rangers. Uh, I mean,
1: that's a lock. I think that's – I mean, the the subject matter is, is it a lock or not? I'd say that that's a lock. I don't think you can put that
0: bet in, but I'm going to just say that I think that's what's sure. going to happen. So it's kind of sure. like a parlay inside of a parlay. Uh, yeah. But then my upset is the Lakers over the Mavs in Dallas. I was out on a date last night, and they actually had the Lakers and uh, Utah game on the TVs in there. And uh, they just looked like they were dominating Utah in the overtime period. And just exactly like I said earlier, Andre Drummond, you know, he did have that one dud game that I bet on him, but I stopped betting on him and he goes out there and scores 25 points and gets 15 boards. So uh, you think about it, I think that with the seven centers that the Lakers have, they can dominate Dallas um, because, you know, their their one main big guy is Porzingis and he's like a stick. Uh, So I think Andre Drummond was going to go out there and dominate unless my man Luca goes out and gets like a triple-double or something like that, which I think the Lakers can possibly uh, take it to the Mavs in Dallas on Thursday that they have two back-to-back games against Dallas in Dallas. So we'll see
1: what happens. But this one's a Thursday. This is on Thursday. Gotcha, gotcha. Mike throwing in a humble brag there saying he was on a date. Mike's got to let the people know. That's right. Let the people know. That's right. <laughs> oh, well, we will see what happens there with the money line Picks. And uh, also look out for some bonus content this Ooh. week. Mike and I are putting together a little special uh, draft in the theme of drafts with NFL Draft coming up. A couple things with the NFL Draft before we close out the show. One, um, also look out for Mike. If you're listening to The Contender, or if you aren't listening to The Contender, you should be. The, uh, at thecontender.com, Mike is going to be doing some draft content for the contender, where he's going to be giving some uh, what, what some previews and things like that for the team, some needs and all that draft. Why don't you talk about it?
0: So basically, what we're doing for the NFL Draft Show for the contender, we are actually putting together some uh, some some previews with the teams and kind of like a draft overlook. And right now, uh, me and Ben were assigned. Um, I will be doing the recordings, but Ben, uh, I got Ben to do the the Detroit one, which is good because he's the expert. Uh, basically, we are doing Detroit, WFT and also the Carolina Panthers. So if you are listening on The Contender, if you are right now, uh, or in our podcast for the DC Crossover, uh, you can go back and look at the dra- the draft show um, right before the NFL draft and check out our three previews for the Carolina Panthers, the Washington football team, and the Detroit Lions.
1: Yeah, it gets you all set for uh, draft day. And then you can also um, listen to our bonus content um, where we are, we're going to be doing a little different kind of draft. Oh yeah! Um, for fans of the video game series Backyard Baseball, <laughs> Mike and I are going to be giving you some, some draft content um, for for you Backyard Baseball fans. So look forward to that. Um, we'll be putting that up on the YouTube as well. Um, since the YouTube channel is pretty new, the search capabilities may not be great. So the best way to stay in touch: find us on Twitter. We'll put the links and things like that up on Twitter, at the DC Crossover, and at Cerrone16. Um, uh, with YouTube, it's weird. Until the algorithms get all ready and, and right. your channel's been around longer. Sometimes it's hard to find these videos yet, but we'll, we'll make sure we, we point you in the right direction. But if you're a nostalgic fan of the Backyard Baseball Series, Mike and I are doing a very in-depth, intense oh, yeah. draft. I mean, I've done homework, Mike, oh. on these on my draft picks. I've got the draft board going. Um, I didn't do
0: homework. I just, I just went back in the memory bank and just said, Hey, right. All right. those, all those minutes that I played that game.
1: Well, I've been studying the statistics. We've been really looking at the, uh, uh, brought in multiple analysts and, uh, we've, we've got, we've got a lot of, um, uh, a lot of thoughts here when it comes to these picks. So we'll, we'll see what happens on that note. But, uh, Again, stay in touch with the show. Subscribe to the show if you are listening via a podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, review all the good stuff. Subscribe to the YouTube when you see the YouTube channel so we can build up that audience and then follow us on all the social media networks, like I said. And The Contender. It's going to be it's a really neat thing. I mean, uh, we, we, we were on it last week for the debut. Um, more clips of ours will be up again this week in our show, of course. So go to the thecontender.com for the full on air schedule final thoughts Mike before we close things out what do you got so real quick I will tell you the story about my dad go ahead doing go ahead. It. so
0: back in the day obviously you know how the parents do the uh the snack bar and then for basketball they do the clock and all that stuff my right. dad did the clock and my dad doesn't like doing that kind of stuff he likes to sit there and watch and uh they asked it so he I guess he had to go do it so I'm playing and my dad's doing the clock and then uh one of my good friends back in the day uh his dad was doing the book so, they actually said at one point that the clock didn't match the book, or, or the book—I can't even say it right—the book. I kind of sure. kind of coughed there in the middle of saying it. It's all right, um, and uh, you know they have to match. The scoreboard has to say the right score, and then they got to match. So basically, somebody in the crowd started chirping. My dad, Ooh. my dad is—he's a hard-headed guy. Okay. My dad's a big guy, too. You know, you don't want to mess with him. He's one of those guys right, that, right. that you want to be friends with because you don't want to
1: yeah, be an Yeah, he's enemy. a nice guy. I've met him and
0: <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so this guy starts chirping. And my dad was correct. The guy who did the book was incorrect. So my uh, one of my good friends' dad, the guy who was doing the book, kind of scurried away at the end of the game. And my dad pointed at the guy in the stands and started going, walking up to him. And then all of a sudden what happened was, I, my mom and my my aunt, my sisters or whatever they 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 got the hell out of there. They were not gonna <laughs> stay around for that. So my dad started walking up to the guy, and the guy grabbed his coat and just booked it out of, out of the Because the, They saw my dad walking up to him, and I'd be scared. I'm scared. I'm already scared of my dad. Um, right, right. And i know just say it was so funny though because I was just, I didn't even know what was going on. But my dad when he pointed at that guy, my parents or my mom saw it. My mom's like I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> like and my, so lo, lo and behold, my dad did not catch up to him. Because it was a it was a big game, It was a crowd. Um, not really. Uh, but uh, at the same time, it was pretty funny because my dad has a couple couple stories like that. Um, but uh, it's it, not not Don't, like a never game. yell
1: at the clock guys. Never yell at the clock guys. I mean, they're they're just volunteering, a, man. They're volunteers. It's any anybody that's a volunteer, you, you can't ever get too mad at them because look. They could just easily just walk out of the gym, and it's not like they can get in trouble for it. Right. You know, they just never have to do well, it. Well, ever again. that's
0: the thing. My dad was right, so my dad got irritated because this guy kept right. kept chirping from the stands, and my dad's like, "Yo, I'm, all, all I do is press plus two. You know, right, <laughs> if it's right. a layup. You know, it's not that hard. So
1: yeah, uh, don't yell at the clock keepers, people. Yeah. That's Mike's advice. Come on now. Here at the end of this show, that is Mike Saron. I am Ben Simpson. We will see you next week on any platform that you listen or consume this show. And as always, go all these D.C. sports teams this week. Hopefully some more wins up and down season so far. This has been the D.C. Crossover. We will see you guys next week.